This is the EWN Podcast Network. If you're someone that feels like you have a lot to say, but either you're afraid to say it, or you just feel like you're not being heard, then meet Carrie MacArthur. Hi, I'm Carrie. If you have ever felt like you're invisible or that you want to be invisible, like you've lost touch with who you are, I just want you to know that I understand. I was there and I have spent the last six years of my life reconnecting to myself, my power, and my purpose. And now it is my passion to help you to dare to find your voice. So if you're ready, say I'm ready. I'm ready. Thank you so much, Lisa Nichols, for being on this Zoom call with us today at an interview. As um, this book club that we started on Facebook, it's called Discover Your Voice Book Club, um, which is a, an addendum to the program that I've been putting together and, and running um, for the past year. And we just completed reading Abundance Now, and it was so amazing. Like, I have spent the last 18 months getting to know you, you know, better, and every little particle of you is in that book. Oh, it's yeah, I, I put a lot, I put a lot of me. That, I, that's a beautiful way of saying it because I put a lot of me in that book. My, my prayer, my intention was when people was, when they would ask me, what did you do? What did you do? I wanted to answer that question, really transparently answer that question. So that means a lot to me that you say that. Oh, yeah, we can feel it. Like, just, yeah, thank you so much for doing that, for laying your whole heart into those pages. And um, before we begin, I was thinking I would just kind of paraphrase through your bio, but as I read it, it needs to be read. So if you don't mind, I'm going to read your bio to introduce you to all the ladies here who know you through your book, but maybe just would like to know the behind the, actually the after the story. Let's tell us the rest of the story is in this bio. So... Lisa Nichols is one of the most of the world's most requested motivational speakers, as well as media personality and corporate CEO, whose global platform has reached and served nearly 30 million people. From a struggling single mom on public assistance to a millionaire entrepreneur, Lisa's courage and determination has inspired fans worldwide and helped countless audiences break through to discover their own untapped talents and infinite potential. As founder and chief executive officer of Motivating the Masses Incorporated, one of the country's only publicly traded personal and business developmental training company, Lisa has developed or has helped develop workshops and programs that have transformed the lives of men and women and altered the trajectory of businesses throughout the country and across the world. <laughs> Lisa is also a best-selling author of six books and her seventh book, Abundance Now, published by HarperCollins and just completed by us, in um, Abundance Now, Lisa continues her journey with her fans, providing a clear and practical blueprint for her personal success, drawn directly from life experiences of its beloved author. Abundance Now is the follow-up to Lisa's New York Times bestseller, No Matter What. I'm going to read these books backwards, I think, because I, I need to read that one. <laughs> Lisa's extraordinary story of transforming her own life from public assistance for her family to leading a multi-million dollar enterprise is the inspiration behind her bold mission to teach others that it is possible to do the same. Today, fans worldwide revere Lisa for her mastery of teaching people how to accomplish unfathomable goals and tap their limitless potential. And now, a media personality who has appeared on Oprah, 
The Today Show, The Steve Harvey Show, and Extra, just to name a few, is also celebrated for the impact she has on the lives of teens. This is so cool. Through Lisa's nonprofit foundation, Motivating the Teen Spirit, she has touched the lives of 211,650 teens. To me, that's amazing that you have them numbered. I mean, that just shows Lisa's heart. Yeah. Prevented over 3,800 teen suicides, supported 2,500 dropouts in returning to school, and has helped thousands reunite with families. Among the prestigious awards and honors bestowed upon Lisa for her extensive work are the Humanitarian Award from the country of South Africa, the Ambassador Award, and the Lego Foundation's Heart of Learning Award. The city of Henderson, Nevada named November 20th as Motivating the Teen Spirit Day. That's so cool. And the city of Houston, Texas named May 9th as Lisa Nichols Day for her dedication to service, philanthropy, and healing. That's got to be so surreal, and it's perfect. Lisa lives, plays, and works in the greater San Diego, California area and on stages around the world, working alongside her world-class team committed to motivating the masses. So that's amazing, but I also must add, Lisa, my own little part in there because over the last 18 months, I have you know been able to work more closely with you and getting to know you. And then spending five days in Australia, yeah. You, yeah. And having the privilege of eating dinner across the table from you at the, on the last day when everybody was so exhausted and you times a hundred probably or a thousand <laughs> and still seeing you be the same person off the stage as you are on the stage, as you were in this book, as you've been on the calls and to see that to me is why you are all of that because you're just real and that's what we're learning to be is truly ourselves by you know discovering our voice and so once again thank you so much for being on this call you're welcome thank you i i feel a little awkward listening to all of that i got to tell you i'm just like uh you didn't see me because you were reading but i was like uh, i saw it through the corner of my eyes yeah i love yeah, it yeah um so thank you for that acknowledgement thank you for taking a glimpse of my journey and bringing it into the present tense. I'm always, um, I'm always uh, in, in fullness of gratitude with the journey. And um, thank you for acknowledging your experience of me over the last 18 months, because um, my grandmother, you know, I was talking about my grandma, yeah. um, my grandmother all, has always said, it's easier to stand in your truth because then you don't have to try to remember a lie. Mm. And um, she always encouraged me to just give the world who I am and trust that they'll either do one or two things. They'll accept it and embrace it or they'll pass. And either is okay. So thank you for just acknowledging that because it's, um, I never keep score. I never keep score, which is why I hear my bio so awkward. I don't wonder what, what are they doing with that, with, with, with the experience of me. Um, and so it's nice to get a, uh, uh, replay back. I don't take it for granted. I think people think that I hear the accolades so much that it just kind of people always say, oh, you're probably tired of hearing this. And I don't think you ever get tired of gratitude. So I'm always grateful for it. And so gratitude doesn't wear out. Inspiration doesn't wear out. So uh, while I may have heard it before, the gratitude that it brings out of me, that's new in the moment. Every time it's new in the moment. So I'm grateful to be here with you. I'm grateful for the invitation. When I believe that when God, the divine, when um, whatever you call it, when it gives us a body of people and their hearts and their minds to hold, 
and we choose to share with them someone's insight that we trust, that that's a gift. And I don't ever take that for granted, whether I'm speaking to 222 or 200,000, it doesn't matter. I just got, I just hung up right before we got on this call. I just hung up with someone requesting that I come to South Africa and speak. And I said, yes. Wow. And, um, and he was overwhelmed with gratitude and I was overwhelmed with gratitude. And he said, why are you so grateful? You, the people here love you. You've been here so many times. I said, because the people there still love me and they're asking me to come back and I don't take that for granted. So uh, I'm grateful to be with you yet again. We're in a relationship. It won't, we'll just shift the way we relate, but the relationship is ongoing. And that's so beautiful. And yeah, and that's the thing is I think everybody who has been able to work with you on any level feels that relationship and that's your power right there. That's amazing. Thank you. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. So if you don't, I'm going to start into the questions um, that people asked, and I'm going to, um, you know, well, I was going to be indulgent and start with my own, but I think I'm actually going to move that to the end okay. <laughs> because it's a little more of a wrapping it up um, type question. So um, the first question is, um, it begins with a life um, experience of a woman. She's going through this right now. She's been working pretty closely with, with me for the last I don't know, quite a while, and I've watched her really um, start to step into herself, and then this happens, and so she's struggling with how to handle it. So anyway, she said, I am praying daily for my 27-year-old son who had a massive stroke last month. I spent two weeks in Kansas City in the ICU with him. I see you with him. He is now at a rehab center for a few weeks to teach him how to walk and to use his arm again. My question I picture my son 100% healed as he's working so hard. His wife is with him and is and very loving and supportive. But Alex is so sad, and I keep slipping into tears for my son. I want to be there with him because he won't talk. How do I keep up and be positive when my heart aches so much for my sweet son? Sure. What's her name? Her name is Patty, Patricia Anderson. Pat Patty or Patricia? Patty. Patty. She goes by Patty, yeah. Okay. Um, so, Patty, first of all, I'm sorry for the experience that you're having with your, um, that your son is having, actually, not that you're having with him, but that what he's having. And as a result, we hurt as much as our children hurt. Um, we're as happy as our children are happy, um, just inside of active parenting. Um, we, when we prepare ourselves to move forward, to live the life we love, to stand on top of our dreams, we never think about oh, what happens when tragedy hits because you don't plan for tragedy. You don't, you don't even want to prepare for tragedy. You even want to think about tragedy. And um, so number one, to give ourselves permission to when we're hit, we one got to catch our breath. 
And I think that when you're inside of upward mobility, when you're inside of positive thinking, when you're inside of bettering yourselves, one of the things we have a tendency to do, and I do this all the time and have to unhook myself, is we have a tendency to not allow ourselves to have a moment where I am really sad. Now, the difference is that when you're inside of upward mobility, when you're inside of a conscious way of thinking, when you're inside of, of, of living your life to the fullest, you can be sad. You just don't want to take out real estate in sad feel. So to not allow yourself to be sad is a myth. It's an unrealistic expectation. And, you know, so just know, Patty, that you're going to go through those emotions because you're right there with your child. That's the gift of your being present. The, the challenge of your being present is what you have to be present to. But the commitment is to stay present. And you have to be mindful, Patty, that you not try to, and this, I'm talking to Patty, but I'm talking to everyone. I'm coaching Patty, but I'm coaching everyone. Uh, you know how I do that. Yeah. Um, is to be mindful not to try to pull him through too fast because he's going to then turn himself off to you. He's going to turn his listening off, he's going to turn his emotion off because he's not moving at your pace. And so he feels like he's going to let you down. Therefore, he'll shut you, shut you out so that he doesn't let you down. We do that. Our spouses do that. Our children do that. They'll shut you out so they don't let you down. By the way, that's the answer to a whole lot of behaviors in our lives, just so you know. Um, so as difficult as it might be, you have to do the dance, Patty, of being present to where he is, acknowledging that that's true, and then holding his hand and doing a gentle pull, a gentle pull, so that he doesn't stay parked in Sadville. Um, there, every emotion you have is valid to come through as long as you come through it. You can come through anger, come through sad, come through resentment, come through frustration, go through fear. You, can, you have a right because feelings aren't right or wrong. They're just real. Feelings are not right or wrong. They are real. And the number one way to alienate someone is to negate their feelings. And you don't negate their feelings by saying you don't feel that way. You negate their feelings sometimes by trying to pull them through the feeling too fast. Mm. That makes sense? Yeah. And we in the self-development world have a tendency of doing that. Oh, no, let's go, let's go. And I know you're not doing that, Patty, but I'm just, I'm over-exaggerating that when we are inside of that positive thinking, let's do something, we have a tendency to leave reality and not allow that reality of this sucks. This just sucks. And it feels bad. And I feel like crap. I'm an able-bodied man. I'm an able-bodied woman. And I'm in rehab. And my life will forever be altered. And to be there with them. And to go, ah, oh, you're right. And sometimes you got to do what I call a pregnant pause. Just hold it. And sometimes that hold it is a few days a few weeks and then gently pull okay we know where we are now can we just begin to peek and see that light because that crack of light that crack of light right there that's not a train coming at you that crack of light is really your future now you might and, and, and to give it to them in spoonfuls no you're not going to run a fast race anytime soon. You're not going to play an intense game of basketball anytime soon. You're not going to go race car driving anytime soon. 
But if we can get to that light, then we can begin to get some form of new normal. You won't have your old normal, but if you're willing to create a new normal, I want to create it with you. Then he gets to breathe and go, okay. Because now you've connected the bridges. Sometimes we want him to go from this plank to this plank and the gap is too big. And your job is to make the planks where he can see himself walking. I hope that helps, Pat. That was beautiful. Would you also give that same advice to her? Like, because sometimes we get lost in care and we kind of let go of our own vision. So she can look toward the light for herself as well too and take the little steps for herself so she stays positive in her own you know what I'm saying? The same yeah. advice goes both to helping him and helping yourself at the same time. Um, absolutely. You know, the reality is, sorry, when you see my hands and my eyes, I'm reading all your chats, <laughs> reading your chats while we're talking. So chat it up, you guys, with anything you want to say. Absolutely. I want to hear. Um, so absolutely. If the reality is that you're going to, when, when, when life happens, tragedy, marriage, death, transition, divorce, birth, new job, job release, weight gain, weight loss, etc., etc., etc. There is a new reality. There's a new reality and the best thing we can do is to, to ask the question, so you want to write this down, what is my new normal? What is my new normal? When you move when you move to a new home, you move to a new place, there's a new normal. When your child moves out, when someone moves in, like I have house guests. I've had house guests now <clears throat> for a man, hallelujah, it's been about 11 months now. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to do the grateful dance. I'm going to do the grateful dance that I have enough house to have house guests. And so the best thing I could do for my son and for myself, Carrie, to your point, was to sit down and identify what's our new normal. Because if you don't identify your new normal, you're going to keep expecting your old experience and resenting anything that looks different. Does that make sense, you guys? Kim, I see you nodding your head. Does that make sense? And so the best thing you can do, Connie, the best thing you can do, Lisa, the best thing, Becky, is to recognize what is my new normal, even in something great. When you get married, or when you get in a new relationship and you begin to live in the same space, identify the new normal before it happens or else Lynn, it'll feel like an intrusion on your life. Does that make sense, you guys? Wow. Lots of sense. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so, so Patty, there is a new normal for you. And inside that new normal, let me just tell you the, the, the first things that exist. One is patience. And it, a, a, an exalted level of patience is required with you and with him. And compassion. You will never know, God willing, you will never know what it feels like to re recover from a stroke. And so you have to have the compassion to understand what it's like for him to recover from the stroke. And then three, you have to live inside a sense of acceptance, acceptance um, of what's his new life experience. And then four, you have to take off your cape, mommy, take off your cape because saving the day is not your job. 
Wow. Okay. Well, who else needed to hear the take off the cape comment? Raise your hand. Okay. <laughs> I just thought whenever I'm on something like this with anyone, guaranteed only superheroes and super sheroes show up. So I kind of expected that we were going to have 95% or more people raise their hand, and I was right. Only superheroes and super sheroes show up for this. So I'm glad I'm in the right place. You are in the right place. Well, mm -hmm. thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, all right, moving on to the next question. First, and this is from Dolores, who is actually on this um, call with us. Hi, Dolores. Hi, I see Dolores. Hi, Speedy. Dolores says, please express my thanks to Lisa for reaching out to us and the masses for being so open about her life and process. I have gained and grown immeasurably from her work. She is such a fountain of inspiration. I guess my question to her would be, what does she should suggest are the three top things for those of us who are discovering our voice, which mm -hmm. the process, which I'm um, just share really quick what discovering our voice means in our group is discovering the value of who you are, learning to be open and to act with intention and then clear out the old stuff so you can begin to express who you are. I love it. I love it. I love it. So Dolores, um, I love the concept of discovering your voice. I love what, what it means to me is, um, now I get kind of deep. Y'all know that already, right? Cause y'all read the book, right? So I play big or go home. I'm just, so number one, it's Dolores, it's becoming at peace with what's in your shadow. Becoming at peace with what's in your shadow. And what I mean by that is if I, if, if I snatched open your door and all your skeletons were in it, that you pull them out one by one, turn on some great music, Dolores, and dance with them all. <laughs> And and always say, from Oingo Boingo just came into my head. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> yes. Sorry. Take, your skele take your skeletons out and dance with them. Turn on your, your favorite song today and dance with them, which simply means you become at peace with all your decisions, that you become at peace with all of your choices, that you know that you made the best decisions you could in the past based on what you knew then. You can't judge your 1996 decisions based on your 2017 wisdom. Does that make sense, Lynn? Does that make sense, you guys? And when you do that, when you do that, Dolores, you hear, oh, okay. Of course I wouldn't have done that if I knew then what I know now. Of course. But back then I didn't know that. And all of a sudden you begin to unhook the shackles to blame, shame, guilt, regret, and anger. You cut all those shackles. So that's what I mean when I say becoming at peace with my shadow. That to me is first and foremost. And discovering your voice, you first have to own the parts of it that you let go. You first have to embrace the parts of it that you're not holding on to. You first have to be willing to use the part of it that other people might not be willing to use. And if you love anything about me, what I think you love about me is my willingness to tell you the whole story my willingness to own and dance with my skeletons, the, the willingness to sit in my shadow, to invite you into my shadow, and then to put a light on it and go, look, it ain't even that shady, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, it's called life. And so that's the first part, Dolores. And um, I think I did this in the book. I may have said this in the book. If it's not in this book, it's in No Matter What, which is my, my first kind of personal book. 
Um, to do that, one of the things I've always done is um, the mirror work. And the mirror work, three sentences. I'm not sure if this is in the book, you guys. Just nod if it's in the book. I don't want to be redundant. But there are three sentences I recommend that you start tonight. And you get in the mirror and you do. Um, and the first sentence is, you look at yourself. You look at yourself right in the eye and you say your name, Dolores. I'm proud that you. The first sentence is, I'm proud that you. Because we go through life being under-celebrated. We're under-celebrated. We get one birthday a year. I want one birthday that counts and one birthday that doesn't count. Like, I don't want to get older twice a year, but I do want to throw myself two parties a year at least. <laughs> well, we're under-celebrated. So you want to celebrate yourself. You need to build the self-celebration muscle. Because most of us here are servers. Raise your hand if you're a server. You love serving people or you don't love it, but you just do it all the time because that's what you've gotten used to doing. And so you're normally serving people to the detriment of you serving yourself. How many of you guys can honestly say that you served others on an empty cup? You didn't have anything else to give, but you served anyway, right? That's who we are. That's what we do. So let's fill your cup back up, Dolores. If you want to discover your voice, let's fill your cup up first. So number one, is look in the mirror. I want you guys to do this. I did this every single day, you guys. Every single day for six months, I did this. I'm only, I recommend you guys do it for 21 days at the, at the very least, but I did it for six months. But I also was trying to rescue myself. I was in a very sad place when I did this. So the first sentence is, I, I, I'm proud that you, and I want you to go back. If you do it for 21 days, the first, I'd say seven to 14 days, only celebrate things that you did 10 years ago or older because all that stuff is under celebrated connie it's like all this stuff you used to do all this stuff you've done if you think your to-do list is long your to-done list is even longer right so we got to go back and celebrate our to-done list and so it's i'm proud that you i'm proud that you i'm proud that you went to school i'm proud that you got in that relationship when you're in love i'm proud that you got out of the relationship when it stopped serving you, I'm proud that you had your children. I'm proud that you started the business. I'm proud that you knew it was time to get out of business. I'm proud that you, whatever you need to celebrate. And you celebrate the hard decisions that didn't feel good too. Second sentence is, this is the sentence that cuts the shackles of blame, shame, guilt, regret, and anger. And this one is also the one that will make you cry. This is also the one that will make you wanna quit doing the exercise. And that is Dolores, I forgive you for seven different things to forgive yourself for. And if you go, I don't know what to say, just say the sentence, I forgive you for, and stuff will pop in your head. And when it pops in your head, don't negate it. Like, oh, I don't need to forgive myself for that. Because if you didn't need to forgive yourself for that, it wouldn't have popped in your head. Just trust, don't overanalyze it, just, just flow with it. Now, I gotta tell you, when I did this part, I was not even audible, Dolores. I was like, Lisa, I forgive you for it. It was ugly. I mean, it was ugly. So I recommend you go in the bathroom when no one else is around, close the door and turn on the water uh, if you're anything like me. And I forgave myself for stuff I thought I'd never say again that I'd take to my grave. But I had no idea I was still holding a part of my joy, a part of my peace of mind hostage to that old experience. So cut the shame, the blame, shame, guilt, regret. Then the third and final sentence, Dolores, is look at yourself and say your name first and say, I commit to you that. 
and make seven different commitments to yourself before you make any commitments to anyone else. So I do that. I would do this in the morning while I was washing my face before I put on any makeup because then I, you know, I cry. So I put, wash my face before I put on any makeup. I do this. And man, I would start my day feeling like I purged every day. Every day I celebrated myself for seven different things. I forgave myself for seven different things. And I made seven different commitments to Lisa before I started my day. When I tell you it was life, it was life, Dolores. And it was the beginning of me discovering my voice. First, I had to find out what it was and I had to own it. I had to cut the shackles to other stuff. So I recommend that you begin with that. And I recommend no less than 21 days. If you guys are like advanced baller ballers, I'd say go 90 days. And if you're in a dark place and you're crawling to get out, then join me. I did it for six months and it was everything. It'll take you 10 minutes. The begin and when you first do it, it'll take 20 because a lot of emotions are coming up and then it'll become a part of your regimen. You're committed every day to brush your teeth. You don't care how long it takes. You give it the time because it's just a requirement. This became a requirement for me. Now it's been 18 years since I first did it. And now I do it every quarter. Every quarter I do it probably three times. It's just my maintenance now. It's like a detox. Nice. So I recommend you do that, Dolores. I hope that helps. Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. You're welcome. Very awesome. I have to admit that I hate that. I hate mirror work. <laughs> that's why, that's how I know it's something that um, I need to do is because I don't like it. So anyway, just personal. Um, that's how you know it's powerful. All right. Third question. Are we ready for that one? Yes. And I, I want to, I want to say something. Thank you so much for that question. Um, you, you have to do a different ending every day, but you can repeat the same ending day after day. So on Tuesday, you can say the same thing you said on Monday. On Monday, you just want to make sure you say seven different things. On Tuesday, you want to say seven different things than each other than you say on Tuesday, but you can repeat everything you said on Monday if you feel like you need to. And the beauty is after you have done it a few times, the forgiveness things, when you say them, you're going to say, I forgive you for, and then that thing won't come up anymore because you really can feel the forgiveness. And then you go, oh, that's checked. That's done. One, you know, one, you know, I always say you're dragging a chair around with you, all your issues. One chair's done. Now let me take care of the other ones. You know, so yes, you can say the same thing day after day. You just want to have a different thing that you say when you're doing your seven. So Carrie, sorry, I just want to do that clarification. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, you're welcome. All right. The third question comes from Eliza, who lives in Australia. So I think she's probably sleeping right now. <laughs> the time difference. I don't not sure. Okay. I have Eliza. Eliza, yes. Hi, Eliza. When you look at the recording. Hi, honey. She's adorable, too. All right. I have been on a personal development journey for a few years now. Due to my work goals, I have had a bonus here and there. My employer is great and even helped me purchase a car, which I pay off each week. Despite my salary increase from 40K to 50K standard Australian income for a retail manager, I am still struggling financially. After taxes and expenses, I'm left with grocery money plus maybe $50. I do put away $60 each week to savings, but if a large bill comes in, I need to dig into that money. If I need to see the dentist, et cetera, it comes from that account. I have had a month's vacation and set new goals both personally and for my store. 
My plan is to approach my boss, asking if he may consider implementing target bonuses for milestones accomplished. This would help get me ahead. So I guess my question is, I am totally out of ideas and avenues for attracting more income and was hoping for a suggestion. My mindset is the best it has ever been. So I'm not down or out. Rather, I'm ready to jump at an opportunity. And then she right. thank you for sharing your story with her. Hmm. Eliza, first I want to commend you for, for wanting to create more financial, not only stability, but growth. And I think, you know, relationships are the things that we talk about the most. We talk about relationships with our girlfriends, with our family, as it refers to our, our loved ones, our children, our romantic others. But finances are the things we worry about the most. <laughs> so relationships and finances, they consume, collectively, they consume the most energy over anything. Um, and so when we look at, we look at how do we grow our revenue. Um, you know the standard thing, Eliza, of what the formula is, uh, is to drive down your expenses and drive up your revenue. So let's talk about the first part. Um, let's talk about the first part. Um, and that is to, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you guys are gonna see me moving around a little bit while I'm talking to you. Cause I got that beautiful notice that says low battery. <laughs> so I am going to uh, plug in while we talk. Um, so one of the things that you want to make sure that you do, um, is you look at your expenses. What I did was I got really radical as it relates to my expenses, driving down my expenses. When I first started transforming my life, I think you might've read about it in the book. Um, I began to really streamline. So Eliza, I know that. Um, we, we don't really like to change our, our quality of life. That's not fun. The concept isn't fun, especially when you work as hard as you work. But can you give yourself a date? And I'm real big on financial plans. I'm real big. And not the financial plan that comes from a financial advisor. This is the financial plan that you sit around the kitchen table and you create, you lay out all your bills and you go, wait, hold on. So I would ask you, what can you do temporarily to avalanche your savings? Write that down. You want to avalanche your savings and you want to be able to avalanche your, uh, your debt down. Avalanche your savings up, avalanche your debt down. Hold on, I'm going to disappear for two seconds while I plug in my phone. Mm -hmm. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm just making sure y'all don't go anywhere in a minute. <laughs> so make sure. Okay, great. Now we're plugged in. Life is going to feel a whole lot better if we stay connected. All right. So, so this is how Avalanche looks and this is temporary. Um, did I, did you guys, you guys saw the part in the book where I saved the money every two weeks and I wrote a check to myself saying, um, investing in my dream, or paying for my dream. So what's the timeline, Eliza, that you would need to go, um, for this timeline, I'm going to really streamline. I'm gonna streamline how we eat. I'm gonna streamline, and, and, and I know that sounds crazy, but streamline how you eat is, and, and I know these sound like little things, but they make a big difference. So I stopped buying meals, one meal, uh, and I completely went to bulk, and I bought and I made, my, I made three meals on Sunday, 
because I bought bulk. And I begin to freeze all my meals. I begin to freeze all my meals and label them because it was cheaper to buy bulk. I end up saving probably on a monthly basis, I saved about $80. But $80 saved is $80 earned. I gave myself an $80 raise. Um, I, you, I'm, you're probably not, I'm not sure if you're getting your hair done or your nails done or any of that. I, I uh, took all that out. I took out eating out. I told my friends that I was on a three-year transform my life plan. And, my, and so, so write this down. I announced to my community my agenda. Now, I was afraid, Becky, that they were going to judge me. I was afraid that they were going to say, oh, Lisa's not making any money. Oh, she's in dire needs. And I'm not sure if someone said that. But what happened was people said, well, tell me about it. What are you doing? And I said, I'm buying my freedom. I'm buying my future. And people began to get on it with me. So I didn't go out. I didn't go out. Um, I just really streamlined. Now, for me, I got radical. I sold my car that had a car note. And I got a car that didn't require a car note. I, it, it, I, it required me to put a little lump sum up. But I was able to do that. And I had no car note. I moved out of my three-bedroom house and I became a roommate. I gave up my I gave up my privacy, but I went from twelve hundred dollars a month down to five hundred dollars a month. I then gave myself a seven hundred dollar month raise. Every month, every dime I saved, I call it a raise. Does that make sense, you guys? Yeah. Now, what was important, JoJo, that I did was that I put an end date on it, Kim. I had to have an end date on it because this could not be my future. It was my now purchasing my future, Lynn. Does that make sense, Lynn? So I knew the day I was going to shift all of this. I also knew how much money I should have because I tracked every raise that I gave myself. So Eliza, that's one way. That's the debt down. That's driving your debt down. And that's not the fun way, guys. You can't achieve financial wealth driving your debt down. You, you can't. You, you, you cannot achieve financial wealth. All you do is give yourself small incremental raises because it's, it's finite. It's only so much you can raise, right? So you're not going to build your wealth doing that. All you do is you allow yourself to avalanche more money, right? Now, while you're avalanching more money, let's say we, we decide to do this for 24 months, guys. For 24 months, as you're avalanching the money saved, at the same time, avalanche your debt down. So call everybody that you owe, everybody, and ask what's the buyout. If I want to get out of debt, what's the buyout? Because if you can avalanche your debt down while you're avalanching your savings up in this window of 24 months, let's just play with 24 months. Mine was 48 months, or a little over 48 months. But in 24 months, you avalanche savings up, avalanche debt down. What happens? At the end of this time, there's no debt. So then you choose, do I want to keep with my radical savings? Because now I hold on to all that money. Because now I'm debt free. Now, if you add to that, if you add to that, Lynn, I'm going to drive my revenue up. I haven't talked about driving your revenue up. If you drive your revenue up while you're doing it at the same time, because a true financial plan has to have both. Debt down, revenue up. It has to have both. Right? 
but don't try to do them at the exact same time. Let's, what, how do we mask? What are all the ways we can take our debt down? What are all the ways we can take our debt down? What are all the ways we can take our debt down now? What are all the ways we can take our revenue up? All the ways to take our revenue up. And then can we buy our debt? Buy your debt. Buy your debt. Buy your debt. And then stay out of debt so you can use your money to live off of. And so I love, Eliza, I love the, the request that you're having of your boss because you're not asking for your boss to give you money. You're asking your boss to give you incentives. What, and I would shift the question instead of saying, can I be paid on benchmarks or markers? I'd ask the question, what's the number I need to make before I get commission, <laughs> before I get bonus? It, it, language is everything. So when you ask a better question, you get a better answer. <laughs> so I'd say, what's the number that I would need to generate for you before I can earn bonuses? And then before you even have that question, Elijah, before you, Eliza, before you ask that question, I would give your boss your agenda, your financial agenda. And before you give them your agenda, you got to make one, right? So make one as a result of this conversation. I'm on a 24-month plan to drive down my debt and to drive up my revenue. My goal is this. Tell them your goal because when you tell people your goal and they can buy into your goal and then they're in the position to help influence your goal, man, Every year I meet with my staff and I ask them, what's your business goal and what's your personal goal? One of the main reasons why my CFO told me that his primary goal this year was to get his health in order, his primary goal. Do you know he had a strong influence on me taking an office out of my offices? I took a, per a big office. I took the office, did away with the office and built a gym in my office. Partly because my CFO told me in our meeting that was his goal. So, okay, I can help that goal. Now, I'm in my gym clothes right now, guys. I'm in my gym clothes right now. Can you guys read that? Can you read? Is that backwards? Yeah. It says, it says never going to stop me. <laughs> so I'm in my gym clothes. And I, I, I brought regular clothes, but I worked out and I didn't have time to change. So because I'm working out my office. But that's because... He told me his goals. So tell your boss your goal and give them big numbers. My realistic goals. My goal is to save $20,000, $80,000, $15,000 in the next 24 months. In order to do that, I'm doing two major things. I'm driving down my debt by cutting my cost of living down significantly, and I'm driving up my revenue. Would you be open to tell me what's the bonus amount? What's the, what's the, what's the sales amount? that I need to hit before I could possibly qualify for bonuses so that I can work my overall plan. Boom. That's a big boom. Thanks for that. I love the directness of asking the question. Intention is so great. And you're so great at, at articulating intention. Thank you. I think all of us could use that advice you just gave Eliza. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Did you guys get value from that? Even though that was Eliza's question. Great. Lots of it. Wow. Thank you. Um, all right. So before I get my, my question, which is the final question, I just wanted to mention so many people when I asked for um, questions they would like to ask, mostly just wanted to thank you for the book, oh. for the things they learned and for your audio. Most of us got the audio as well, because I heard you say in the, one of our trainings that you give way more of yourself in the audio. So I think most of us have listened that way. And so they want to thank you. And one of them, um, 
is on the call, Jojo Bennington, um, just wanted to say, first of all, I hope you remember me when we worked together. I don't think you can forget Jojo, but. <laughs> no, not at all. And her me, and Margaret. me and Margaret remember, yes. Yeah, she's so fun. And then she said, thank you for your chapter about completing and then for helping her to have the courage to write her own book. And I'm saving that out loud because that now we all are in the accountability club, Jojo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I love it. Awesome. All right. So the final question, kind of, um, I wanted to piggyback it off of your, one of the paragraphs in your bio, if I can find it again. Maybe I'll just paraphrase. Um, basically, when you were talking about your book was written from your life experiences and how, you know, you showed us how you grew through your stories. And um, so my question is kind of twofold. I've noticed abundance is like you mentioned it's in everything and it's everywhere and it's how big my cup is my own personal cup how big that is is how much abundance i can receive and as i grow as i continue to develop it feels sometimes like that abund abundance is trying to come in faster than i can receive it which is actually i think in the bible i'll pour you out blessings more than you have room to receive it yes and um and i'm experiencing that currently um, it's almost overwhelming and I'm not, I'm not at all um, sad about it. I, you know, just that overwhelming feeling. So as you were learning all of your secrets of success and you're incorporating them into your own life, did you have a time when doing the work was just exhausting? Except you'd have little, you'd have little like glimpses of the wins that you had felt before. So they kept you going. So was there a time that you went from that to being able to enjoy it every day through the whole journey and then how did you handle the overwhelming abundance that just wanted to pour upon you as you were still growing your cup <laughs> is that like a really broad question <laughs> yeah it is and i and i totally understand it and um and i i can relate to it on many levels it makes me chuckle because you asked where the times it was exhausting <laughs> I can be exhausting to myself so much. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so there was a time when it felt like it, and as I say this, just put your hand up if you can relate to any part of this. And you don't have to put your hand up at all. I just wanna, I want to know if you can relate to it. And then I want you to know when we're, when your truth is coming up and out through me. There was a time in my journey, Carrie, when it felt like I was putting a thousand percent of energy in and getting 5% of result out. And um, it felt like though I love this work, I can't keep giving this much without seeing more in return. I appreciate that. Thank you, Connie. Thank you, Becky. And then there was a time when I felt like, um, there's so much in me that I don't even know how to give it all out. I don't even know. I need clear instructions on how to even transfer from what I feel to the application of how to do it, how to, how to get it out. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Jojo. Thank you, Becky. So, so, you know, um, and then there was a time when um, my gifts were being confirmed by others. They could see it. They, they could, you know, the very thing people say about me now, they were saying it about me in 2000. Um, 
but I didn't, I didn't completely see it in myself. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And so I was praying, I'm gonna do this whole course on, sometimes you need to see yourself through someone else's lenses because their lenses are better than yours at this moment. I, I needed to borrow other, people, other people's lenses of Lisa because I didn't see Lisa the way they were seeing Lisa. But I wanted to see their Lisa <laughs> more than I was seeing my Lisa. And I realized it was because I was keeping score. I was, I was counting the skeletons as a reason why I couldn't do it versus the skeletons are my validation and they were, they're what makes me me, right? And they're not skeletons, they're dance partners. <laughs> um, and then there was a season when The Secret came out and you know people say The Secret, I was an overnight success and my response to that is that was the longest night of my life. <laughs> if I was an overnight success, when The Secret came out, um, people began to see me and obviously large numbers. And, um, and then I, I, there was this influx of energy and I began to question, was I the woman that everyone was talking about? And how could I be that amazing woman with all of the crap I had in my life. And then there was a time when I wouldn't allow Carrie, I didn't give myself permission to have current problems because I had this, I had this image. I had, I was healing people and I was supporting people and I was so much to people. So every time a major tragedy, hiccup, breakdown came up in my life, it caused the disruption to go, how could you have that challenge, Lisa, when you're this, you're this solution for so many people? Like, I, I, does that make sense, you guys, that I stopped, I, I stopped giving myself permission to still be in the journey, on the journey, while talking about the journey and teaching about the journey. I'm still on the journey. And I didn't have it from a grandioso way. It was more from a you know, it was more, it has never been a grandiose way. It was more from a man, if you still have these problems, you obviously are not the lady that everyone thinks you are. Anybody else have that, that chatter going on in your head? Okay, I just want to make sure I'm in the right place. I see two hands up, Valerie. I see it. And so I, I, I'm sharing this with you, Carrie, because I don't want to just talk from where I am today, because that's, that's of less value for you than for me to talk to you from my, my journey because you're somewhere in that journey, you know? And my job is to let you know, one, you got company. You have company where you are in that journey. You are not alone where you are in that journey. As a matter of fact, I, I think I, you can't get to where I am or where she is or where he is, whatever that thing is that's your end goal without sitting in this place. So this place is so valid. You just got to be committed to, as we go back to Patty's question, to not take up real estate in that mind chatter. To go, I hear you. Thank you very much. And I'm going to keep moving. And so um, I get overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed. Uh, and I, I'm not saying I got overwhelmed. I'm saying I get overwhelmed. And what I do 
I think better than most these days and for the years that I've been doing it is I just get unhooked quicker than I used to get unhooked. <laughs> I get unstuck just a little faster um, than most. Um, when I feel like I'm overwhelmed with anything, Carrie, overwhelmed with demands on my life, overwhelmed with abundance in my life, overwhelmed with opportunity, overwhelmed with request, overwhelmed with pressure, overwhelmed with, you know, overwhelmed with house guests, <laughs> anything. Um, where I start, the one place I start, you guys, is I make a, a very clear list. And sometimes it's not in writing. Sometimes I just rattle it off. I go right to what am I grateful for? And I, and I, and I, I tap into my gratitude, not from this topical place. I, I tap into it from this place of core. I tap into it. I'm willing to, I'm willing to see gratitude in the ugly. I'm willing to see gratitude in the messy. And I'm willing to give voice to the messy. I'm willing to give voice to the, to, um, to the breakdown. See, a lot of times my gratitude speaks to the lesson that I'm learning because the gratitude isn't in the outcome. The gratitude is in the lesson. And whenever I'm not getting the outcome I want, then I, then I focus on the lesson I'm getting. Because I think you're only going to get two things. You're going to get a great lesson or a great outcome. <laughs> Either one. Either you got a great outcome. Oh, I love the outcome. Or you got a great lesson that you do not want to get again. And so, so in those moments, Harry, I go to what's my lesson that I'm getting here and what's my outcome that I have and what's my opportunity that I have. Um, and then I'm really clear, Carrie, on stating my needs. Like I give myself permission to need space. I give myself permission to need time to breathe. I give myself permission to need an ear, to need someone that can hold me right then, that I can hold millions of people, but I also have the permission to be held myself. I give myself permission to be brilliant, and I give myself permission to be clueless, to know nothing about anything going on. I give myself permission. I give myself permission to need to lay down. I have laid down, Carrie, after being devastated, devastated and hit. I've laid down for 28 hours. <laughs> and my son brought me breakfast. He brought me lunch because he saw mama ain't getting up anytime soon he brought me dinner and on the 29th hour carrie i got up and i made a strategy i put on my workout gear and i ran through my chaos i ran through my breakdown i ran through my hurt through my shame through my blame through my anger and through my resentment i felt it all i felt it all but i gave myself permission to go through it and i didn't go through it fast some people will say it was fast. Oh my God, it only took you a year. It took me a year. It felt like 10 years to me. The year felt like it was the longest year of my life. And some people would have told me, God, it would take me five years to get through that. Oh, okay, well that year felt like it was five years for me. And, it, and for me, a year is a long time to have to go through something. And I gave myself permission to be with it. 
And now I look back at it behind me and go, oh my God, I'm a better woman. I don't know if you ever, if you guys saw, um, uh, I don't know the movie with the guy in the wheelchair, the, um, and the guy Wolverine, his claws come out and the bald guy in the wheelchair. And it's one of those superhero, anybody, what's the name of it? What, Becky, you know the name? Yeah, yeah, X, X-Men, X-Men. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jojo. X-Men. So in one of the X-Men movies, the, the young girl who, when she touches people, they freeze the death so she can't touch anyone. She has to keep gloves on. Well, when she was young, um, and they show her looking young and naive, and then she goes through this near-death experience where she dies and she has to fight for her life. And on the other side of that fight, she has this gray streak that emerges. Jojo, do you know that gray streak? On the other side... She had Becky knows she has this gray streak and she has this different look in her face that says, hmm, I done been through something. Try me now if you want to. That's her look, right? Well, I'm fighting for my life and the life of my company through this experience that I had because someone had fraud, frauded my company. They frauded my company. They, 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 they got inside the company. They signed documents. It began to look like it was my company. And I had to clean it all up and pay, pay nearly a million dollars to just clean it up. But the million dollars was easy. It was the betrayal that had me, Kim. I was like, Aah! you know, I was on fire. And the fact that it set me back and set my company back. And I'd never been violated like that before. On the other side of that year, Carrie, Gray Street. On the other side of that year, Try me if you want to. All of a sudden, something had developed in me, Carrie, that didn't exist before. And so I say that to say, as you feel the pressure and you feel like you're in the pressure cooker, Valerie, there's something emerging from that pressure in you that never existed before. It's the coal turning into the diamond. That can only occur when the pressure's there. My diamond, the CEO, because I've always been a great speaker and an orator. I mean, I, I was speaking at three, y'all. I was, I was giving speeches before I knew how to, to command the English language. But in that year, Carrie, under that pressure, the CEO emerged. I hadn't seen her. She emerged to fight for the life of what so many of us had worked for and what you guys were praying. You prayed, you prayed my CEO came out. Not my orator, not my writer, but that the CEO that can fight for her company. I didn't even know it existed. So Carrie, as you feel the pressure, ask the universe, what part of my character, write this down you guys, what part of my character is being developed in my now? What part of my character is being developed in my now? What muscle is being fully developed in my now? Then the universe will give you the answer and you need that muscle. I didn't read any more self-development books. I didn't read any more, um, bi uh, any more uh, autobiographies, which I normally read autobiographies of people that I admire and personal development. All I read, Carrie, in that year were leadership books. All I wanted to know is how does a leader lead through the storm? How does a leader lead when it's hard to lead? How does a leader take the bullet 
and keep on walking. More important, how does a leader get this, guys? How does a leader forgive the shooter? Ooh, that, that, that one right there, I didn't want to just know how to lead. I want to know how to lead when I got shot. I want to know how to lead with a bullet in my body. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome, Lynn. And more, most importantly, I wanted to know how do I forgive the shooter? Because if I don't forgive the shooter, then a part of me died with that situation. It died under pressure because I am a forgiver. I'm a loving being. And so no matter how ugly, you don't forgive measuring the ugly. You don't measure the ugly to determine how you forgive. You forgive because that's who you choose to be. You love the unlovable because that's who you choose to be. You don't measure the unlovable that you choose to love. You don't measure the unforgivable that you choose to forgive. You forgive because you declare that is who I am in this world. I'm loving because that is who I am in this world. And no situation and no person and no circumstances get to change who I've declared myself to be in this world. So my job is to learn how to love the unlovable, forgive the unforgivable, no matter the measure. Thank you, Beth. Oh my goodness. So I asked that question for a plethora of reasons. <laughs> I know a little bit about most of the people on this call and I didn't have any idea that it was going to make me cry. So <laughs> thank you. And thank you for that vision of remembering that there's a diamond being formed and I have no idea what that diamond looks like. I forget that it exists actually. So, wow. Thank you. You are a diamond. <laughs> thank you so much for shining for us today. I, I can never... I don't think I could ever express the gratitude and um, anyway I think this has been the most powerful call I've been on ever so thank you so so much you're welcome I just want to say that there's so much that I just said in the last eight minutes that have never ever crossed my lips before wow you go back and you look at the last 10, 15 YouTube videos of me, you will not ever hear me have ever said that before. So there's something being born through the people, through the women on this call, in this group. There's something being born through you, Valerie, that it's going to require you to be willing to accept, endure, manage the labor pains. Because whenever you're in labor, the only thing that makes you agree to go through labor, Connie, is what you know is about to be born on the other side, Kim. What you know, Lynn, that's going to be born. It's the only reason why we sign up for labor. So what's being born through you? Be, become, become more committed to what's being born through you than to the labor that you must endure. Because when you can be committed to the birth of something bigger and grander than you, the life, the life of something that will hopefully, ideally outlive you, then all of a sudden, your life isn't finite. Your life becomes infinite. Because you're not living your life, Connie, for the span of your life. You're living your life, Dolores, for the in infinity, for the infinite ability of your legacy. When Dr. King lived, Dr. King lived, marched, walked, talked for his legacy, not his life. Nelson Mandela worked for his legacy, not his life. Mahatma Gandhi, Cesar Chavez, Mother Teresa, 
They work for their legacy, not their life. Why not you and I? Why not us? So what I know, because I'm, I'm, I'm connected highly to spirit, and I can feel the tingles on my fingertips right now, that when something comes through me that's never come through me before, and it doesn't come through me because I wrote something new, Carrie, it comes through me because you pulled it out of me based on what you asked, what each one of you asked, Patty, Eliza, what each one of you asked, Dolores, when you pulled it out of me, something that's never been brought out before, it's because there's something coming out of you that's never come out before. I just want to say, I just got to tell you. Thank you. Like, you have no idea of <laughs> the prayer I offered before we opened this call, and that was basically the answer. So I... Amen. <laughs> there you go. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, yeah, and um, it's two o'clock and my son's calling for a ride home from school. So this is a perfect, <laughs> perfect, perfect ending. Do you have anything else you'd like to say though? I don't wanna cut off this channel, all right. No, I wanna, I wanna leave you with a charge that with all the audiences that I speak to, very few get, up, get to have the opportunity. And I don't say this from a self-grandized way. Talk to your son, while I'm talking, talk to your son. Put yourself okay. on mute and let them know you're okay. Right, your you. mama first. Put us on mute and let me just keep talking. Um, but so many people um, want to have an up close and personal. And I wish I can serve everybody. Um, but my life demand doesn't allow me to. So I always ask the question, when I am up close and personal with someone, what's the calling on your life that would have us have this experience? And you don't have to know that answer today. All you have to be committed is to say yes, yes. Sometimes with knees knocking and teeth chattering, but still say yes. Say it with a group of women, with accountability group, or say it all alone, say yes. Say it with clarity of exactly what it is, or say it with ambiguity and then figure it out. Your clarity follows your, your, clarity follows your yes. You say yes, and the clarity will come. Say it in faith, like lean on faith. Lean on blind, unwavering, non-negotiable faith. So I love you. I appreciate you. I honor you. Thank you. You're welcome. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. That was outstanding. It was. You guys just heard her offer that to say yes. And I'll just tell you, you've watched the 100 Days of Laughter turn into the 100 Days of Courage. And it all started from a challenge to say yes from Lisa. So what happened to me in that, and so take that charge and run with it. And if I can, if I can give you guys um, access to, you know, you're starting. You guys are ramping up and starting. So um, I'm always doing things. Um, in about four weeks, maybe five weeks, we're doing our uh, our speaking light to make millions. And what I love about it is that you can join online. If I can be so bold as to invite you, if that's okay, Carrie. Yeah. That if it feels right. Like there's gonna be a room full of dreamers, 500 people in the room live and about 800 people online via live stream, just like this, just like this. And for three days, we just dream big and then make a plan, dream big and make a plan, dream big and make a plan, dream bigger and make another plan. And um, I, I love it because it's the place that, that I get to share so much of myself and. I get to share my coach who's in the next office who helped me transform my life. She joins us. 
And so if it feels like it feels right for you guys to, to join us, I'd love to invite you. I'm not, I'm supposed to do a live stream later and invite the world, but before I invite them, let me invite you guys because we're right here. Thanks. So if it feels, if, yeah, if it feels right, um, we are going to max out. We will have to say no to a lot of people. And so kind of giving you the before, before the world invitation, um, more of it, you can go to speak and write. If someone types this in the chat, speak, A-N-D, write, uh, dot com. Uh, speak and write. Oh, no, no, no. It's speak and write workshop.com, I think. Uh, look, I, I, I didn't plan to tell y'all, so I don't, I think, but I want to make sure I give you the right information. Speak and write workshop, yeah.com. And um, you just, if you want to join us, if it feels right, it's in several weeks. Clear your calendar, though. If you go clear your calendar, so you can write workshop.com. No, what is it? What is it really? Speakandwriteworkshop.com. That's right. Okay. Thank you so much. I just want to make sure I got my new friends uh, here and I want to make sure that they all have the doorway. I'm giving them access before we do our next live. So you may see some seats taken up, but that's theirs and it's all authorized. Okay. I love you. Bye. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so I'm already going to be there. It'd be fun to do it together and we can mastermind together. So yeah, it's going to be juicy and delicious. Just prepare yourself, hydrate, vitamin up, protein up because it is a marathon and it is intensive and it's designed as a catapult. And if you do it as a community, what comes out of the other side will blow your mind. And um, so I love you. Uh, I appreciate you. Um, allow today to be the launch of something that you didn't expect to happen. So my homework to you, I do homework. I am a coach. My homework to you um, is to share to share with three people in your life what's two things that they can expect from you in the next 18 months that came up. It's not, don't, I don't want your average. I want your stretch expectation, Connie. I wanted something where you, the clock starts and go, I got 18 months to make this happen. I got 18 months to make this happen. And so I want you to be willing to declare it. So often we keep our greatness a secret, Kim. And I don't want you to keep it a secret. I don't want you to keep the intention, Jojo, a secret, Dolores. Becky, I want Valerie, I want people to be able, Lori, to, to expect it from you. And I don't want it to be just three people in this tribe. Go get the people that, we, not anyone you need to save, but someone that you want to know, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I, I want to grow and I want you to know. And then they'll, they'll slowly begin to kind of lean in your direction. And so that's your homework. And then any way that I can help, the answer is yes, yes. Okay. Love you. Love you. Wow. Thank you. Have I'm going to go go get back on my treadmill. Rock on. Thank you. Love you. Love Thank you, you guys so, so much. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. 
I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. This is the EWN Podcast Network.